any piece of hardware that's an entertainment platform requires really good software for anybody to want to do things on it. You can't have hardware without software if it's hardware made for software. So we've been trying to seed the environment with as many good titles as are possible out there and good experiences for people to want to do so that when someone looks at a sexy, beautiful design and says, VR sounds very interesting for me, there, there are really interesting things for them to do when they take it out. And there's a little bit of a chicken and egg problem on any launch of a new hardware. There's zero in homes, so designers of games want to know how many people would be playing it, but nobody's going to buy it unless there's really good things to play. So my job is effectively to find developers, excite them about the, about the hardware, excite them about the possibilities of VR, which is incredibly easy as soon as you put them on their head on their headset, and then guide them as a game designer to make experiences that take advantage of VR and give people a reason to want the hardware. So that's my job. And what you're seeing today is a few of the first titles that have come out of that. Collaborations between Oculus as a hardware and software platform and developers as game makers or experience makers. So how, how did you translate the whole idea of presence into your content? Very good question. So, and as I said today, there's been a window as you created worlds that kept the player distant from whatever it was we were creating. Brendan was very, very, it's, it's hard to explain presence if you haven't been in the headset. Have you been in the headset? I haven't been in the headset, but I understand the concept. When he says that the dinosaur will not be scary on the screen, and is scary when it's on the screen, when it's on a VR screen, he's absolutely right. You can tell somebody, I'm going to put a headset on you, and I will put you at the edge of a building virtually. You're standing in the same demo room on the same floor. All I'm asking you to do is look over the edge and take a step off. In this virtual world, it clearly is not real. And people say, yeah, yeah, no problem. They put on the headset, they get to the edge of the building, and they say, oh my God, oh my God. And their hearts start going. You can't get that with a TV. And then you say, take the step off, and they're like, yeah. And you're like, no, 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 take the step. Yeah, here, give me your hand. I'm standing next to you, we're still in the demo, take the step off. And most people cannot get themselves because of that deep lizard impulse to take that step. Their brain, deep down, thousands of years of programming says, don't take that step, better safe than sorry, because their eyes are believing what they're seeing. Once your eyes believe what you see, a whole world of opportunity comes up to create worlds that excite people and interest people. And things change. When you're in a dungeon, you feel like you're in a dungeon. Not your character's in a dungeon. You're in a dungeon. So when you explore, it's not just, I found a new neat area on my TV. It's, wow, this room is beautiful. Look at how the light comes in. I'm in this world that doesn't exist in reality. Or I'm flying a spaceship, not watching Luke Skywalker do it, not kind of doing it in a video gaming way. I can look around the cockpit. I can see ships coming in. I use the fact that I can look around to more accurately see what's around me and then I create my flight path and everything else out of that so VR gives you that opportunity to put the player actually in the world and that's creating a whole new type of games that people are focusing on making so what about the whole idea of you know back in the day VR or even today probably people kind of feel nauseated or ill when they put on this headset for any particular amount of time. Mm -hmm. you know, how does that get solved? Right. So historically, the hardware hasn't been up to the challenge of creating a situation in which people could feel presence and also feel comfortable. 
the frame rate that they were displaying at wasn't right. The latency, which means that the image changing to your motion or reacting to what you're doing was too long. Yeah. So I whip my head around and I'm still looking here even though I'm looking here and Carly's behind and that makes people feel uncomfortable. At its fundamental level, the reason people feel uncomfortable in VR sometimes, old VR, is the same reason that you feel uncomfortable sometimes, some people, riding a car up at Windy Hill and reading at the same time. Your eyes are saying, I'm reading a book, I'm not moving. Your inner ear is saying, I'm going on a Windy Hill. Your brain is asking, who do I believe? And that creates discomfort. In our case, we have the opposite. Your eyes are seeing movement sometimes, but your inner ear is saying, I'm not moving, I'm standing. So there is a sub, there's a set of games that, that uh, creates a spectrum of comfort based on what you're asking the player to do from a locomotion standpoint. We now have a frame rate, a latency, all of the technical things, so that standing still, vast majority of people, and I mean 99.9%, .9%, do not feel any discomfort. I've given a thousand demos, and never had anyone use Crescent Bay in the demos where the camera doesn't move, and say I don't feel comfortable. So that's history. We're at the point now where we can create comfort for the vast majority of humanity. Once you start exploring, some people will be uncomfortable. In the same way that when I walk into a theme park, there are some rides that I'm totally fine with, and there's some roller coasters that I'm like, hey, that's not for me. So the, the, the way we're, we're effectively tackling this is to head for comfort, be comfortable as much as we can be, and then allow the industry to explore other areas, but make sure people know what they're getting. And so, the combination of technology we have today and smart VR making means VR will be comfortable. That's the key. VR will be comfortable. Final thing, sound. Why is sound so important? Oh, this is an easy one to answer. So, we all, we, VR is the taking over, in general VR is taking over your, your inputs, your senses, and creating a feeling that you're somewhere else. In the case of Oculus, the eyes are the key that we're going after. We're not going after your inner ear, we haven't been going after smell, but we are going after the eyes, key. We thought we had sound years ago when we created stereo and then surround sound and all of these technologies, but actually that never reproduces sound really like we see it in the world. And there's a lot of reasons for that. One is, we don't know where your head is or what's going on with your head, so the sound plays the same regardless of what's going on with your head. Well, VR brings an entirely new capability to capture perfect 3D sound. Because we know where your head is, we can model your ears into the sound and manipulate the sounds based on that. This is a long technical way of saying this. If someone walks up behind you and goes, boo, you know exactly where they're standing. If some ship flies over you and you can't see it, you know it's up there. When you walk into a room and there's dripping water behind you, you know the dripping water's behind you. If you hear a tiger growl, you know that's in the next room off to the left. And you can feel the depth, how far away it is, the directionality, the space around you. And you literally, we model your head. So the subtle changes coming from behind your ear and in front of your ear all work. Sound all of a sudden got reborn with VR, and we're now going way into the 3D sound. You can't have a 3D experience visually without the 3D sound to back it up. 